Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. Good morning to you. Get those Lana Garden questions ready for Julie Weisenhart from the U of M, also from the U of M. Our turf expert, Maggie Ryder, good morning to both of you. What a nice, beautiful morning. Yeah, good morning. morning How are you Jenny. doing? Good morning, Maggie. Yeah, we uh, we have a guest, uh, again, I've said it before, massive brain power to help you out today uh, with your lawn and garden questions. And as usual, both Maggie and Julie know that we tend to get very busy during this hour, very busy. So don't wait if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question. Uh, bring it on either by text or by phone. Same number, uh, either way, whatever's easier for you. 651-989-9226. Well, Julie and Maggie both, we're not telling you anything new. My my yard looks like it needs a lot of help. (laughs) What what can we do about this, if anything? Now, there's rain scheduled for tomorrow for the 27th. Yay! Yeah. So glad to hear that. And a pretty good chance of it, too, about a 90% chance. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, what do do you think, Maggie? Is there, do we just let it happen or what can we do? Yes, just let it happen. Allow some browning in your lawns. That's, you know, that's totally fine. Um, We're starting to see a lot of brown lawns, especially in areas that are not irrigated. Um, But that browning does not mean that the grass is dying. In most cases, the lawns are going into a drought induced dormancy. So there might be some, like I said, browning, maybe some leaves will die, but the growing points of the plant, the crown and the roots, those are going to be fine. And when they get some moisture, you know, hopefully tomorrow with the rain, they'll green up again, no problem. Um, it's been like three weeks without rain, and we can go up to four weeks uh, with Kentucky bluegrass in, in Minnesota without water. Well, I, I'm, as we're speaking here, I'm looking at the forecast, and again, the tomorrow is the chances or the, 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 the best time overnight tonight and during the day tomorrow. And any other chances will come maybe by Thursday, uh, Thursday and Friday, but again, slight chances. So let's hope it, uh, the, the forecast is accurate for, uh, for father. A lot of fathers, they, fathers who garden welcome the rain. We all do uh, around these parts. Julie, what else can we do as far as our garden goes with various or just landscape around the house with this? Just keep things watering individually, even though there are you know, watering restrictions. Right. I think that, uh, yeah, follow your watering restrictions. And uh, if you've been harvesting, uh, if you still have any rainwater in your rain barrels, I have a little bit left. I've been using that on some of my potted plants. And uh, mulching your plants is always a good idea to help hold in moisture. 
and moderate those soil temperatures, keep those roots cooler, and to also protect them. And uh, I think just kind of hanging back on any kind of pruning or transplanting or weed control, just kind of hang back on that and wait until this heat wave kind of breaks because you can do a lot more damage if you're if you're pruning plants, they really need all of that green mass as much as possible uh, right now. And then also weed control sometimes, and Maggie can speak, you can speak to this better than I can, but sometimes uh, if you're treating a weed, say under a shrub and it's extremely hot, depending on the chemical you're using, that can do something called volatilization where it turns to a gas. It can actually harm non-targeted plants. So Maggie, did I get that right? Yeah, so a lot of the weed control products, um, we don't want to be using them when air temperatures are above 85, 90 degrees for that reason that Julie, Julie just explained. And they won't be effective. You know, it's almost, it's too hot. Um, a lot of weeds have slowed their growth as well, too. So they won't even uptake um, the weed killer or the, the herbicide that you put onto it. Um, so like Julie said, just just wait a little bit until we, we cool off here. If you are just joining us uh, here on our Smart Garden Show, uh, Julie is uh, joined by our turf expert, Maggie Ryder, from the U of M. So if you have specifically your lawn question, today's a good day for that, besides your, your general uh, garden questions for Julie, lawn or garden questions, uh, the rest of the hour. Now, Michelle is calling in from Richfield, I believe, uh, this morning with a question. Thanks, Michelle. What is your question? Ah, uh, Good morning. I have a locust tree and when I purchased it, it was supposed to be seedless, thornless. And over the years now, I have the roots. Um, I've got trees coming up, growing off the roots. And I've got two so far this year that I know of, but I've been trying to figure out how to keep the roots from sprouting trees because I have to cut the actual root in order to get the tree out that's growing. And I will hang up and listen for your answer. Very good. So this is, uh, these are called suckers, and they are common in some plants. Uh, I admit I have not seen them on a honey locust before, but, um, but that's not to say that they don't, uh, they don't occur so they are growing from the roots, as you've noticed, and all you can do with those suckers is con- continue to cut them off. If you cut a root off of the tree, you risk the chance of really removing a big portion of the, uh, the root mass and, uh, and therefore you know, losing your tree ultimately or having a decline of your tree. So uh, you don't want to cut the roots themselves off, but you do want to just trim off those, those suckers. And there's really, that's about all you can do with it at this point. Okay. Dexter says, how deep of a border do I need to contain my ever-expanding lily of the valley? Okay. (laughs) Dexter says, how deep of a border do I need to contain my ever-expanding lily of the valley? That's the text. Oh, yes. Yeah. Beloved and a uh, not-so-beloved plant. (laughs) Uh, It's actually the plant of the month of May. So, um, and my mom's favorite plant. Um, but at any rate, yeah. How do you control it? It grows, uh, under, it has underground, uh, rhizomatous roots and, uh, it's easy to let it get out of control. But the best thing to do is if you, it, those borders, you can, 
you can try to use those and they'll help for a little while, but ultimately the plant will probably get around it or through it in some way, through a crack or a space. So uh, you can you would want to go down at least probably six inches uh, if you're going to pound one of those borders in. And otherwise, it's just important to just keep, after they bloom, just keep pulling them out and keep thinning them out. That's a great word. Did you say rhizomatous? Rhizomatous, yeah. I like that. Never heard <laughs> that before. Uh, let's see. I know we've got, oh boy, so many callers. Let me run this by. This is just a comment. Love the program. I have learned so much. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening. Oh, nice. That's yeah. very nice. That's uh, awesome. Before we take a quick break, uh, I use here's one that says I use my dehumidifier water with a tiny amount of fertilizer on my hanging plants. What oh, do you good. Think of, is that okay? Yeah, that's great. That that water is is uh, basically contains nothing, and uh, and so yeah, just adding a little bit of fertilizer is a good. That's a good reuse of that. Here's something to think about. What flowering low-moisture perennials do you recommend around a cabin with sandy soil that relies oh. primarily on rainwater? Yeah, I would I would go for the native plants in that respect that are native to the area that the cabin is in. So we have a lot of lists on our extension site. That's extension.umn.edu. And if you go to our native plant section, uh, I would start looking for plants that grow well in sandy soil that are growing in the area. And if there are garden centers or native plant native plant uh, growers in the area, I would contact them and ask them what would be best to plant in that in the area that you're in. All right, very good. Julie and Maggie, we need to take a quick break, inviting our listeners to hang around. We'll be back with more of our Smart Garden show. Uh, and again, if you're just joining us, uh, joining Julie this morning is Maggie Ryder from the U of M, our turf expert. So if you have a lawn question, by all means, today is uh, your day as well. 651-989-9226 is the phone number and the text number. Cindy and Dorothy, we're going to grab your calls and we come back too. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And good morning here on WCCO. We're right in the middle of our Smart Garden Show. Julie Weisenhorn and Maggie Ryder from the University of Minnesota. Uh, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, this is your day, this is your time. So don't wait. Uh, you know how busy we not only tend to get, but are right now. 651-989-9226 is both the phone and text number. Well, Julie and Maggie, let's see. Who is next? Cindy is calling in, I believe, from Andover this morning. Thank you, Cindy. What's your question? Oh, yes. I know today, this year is probably the worst year ever to uh, get sod, but we did. And they put the sod right up next to the trees. I thought there was supposed to be a space. Do we do something about that? Yeah, I'll, I can start quick, and I'll kick it to you, Julie. For the For the health of the tree, yes. We usually don't want to have grass that goes right up to the trunk of the tree um, because you want to have some some white mulch area um, to prevent to prevent moisture and disease pressure. Yeah, that's true. And uh, if if they're young trees, uh, for example, maybe the maybe the width of the the diameter of the trunk is a couple of inches, uh, then you want to cut back that sod, as Maggie said, and and cut it back and give yourself 
enough space uh, for about a six-foot mulch ring. That would be ideal. And, uh, and then go ahead and just mulch that area. So just cut the side back. You can still do that. Pull it back. Use it somewhere else. You can use those pieces to patch some areas maybe. Um, if it's a mature tree with uh, very large roots, then definitely you want to move that mulch back or that uh, side back and mulch in between those big roots. Uh, for example, if it's a sugar maple or a, a, an oak tree. And uh, you do not want that grass growing up along that, uh, over up to the trunk or over those major roots. Okay. This texter says this, uh, I was going to trim my Miss Kim lilac bushes today because I thought you had to trim within two weeks after flowering. Because of the heat, should I wait for a while is the question. Well, I I would wait just a little while longer. Um, Miss Kim are pretty, boy, they, they bloom like crazy. And I... I think it's just harder on the shrub than it is to sacrifice maybe some flowers next year. Um, so I would just hold off. We're going to get some rain and, you know, wait till this rain comes. Maybe try try pruning even tomorrow or Monday. Okay. Very good. Uh, let's go back to the phones. I think Dorothy has been waiting there calling in from Minneapolis. Uh, Dorothy, good morning. What is your question? Good morning. I just have a similar question to what you just responded to. I I have I was told that I should not trim off the I have two Korean lilac bushes and I was told that I should not trim them when it's been during the heat and so I have not so I was just wondering now because I'm late in trimming off the blossoms you know am I sacrificing flowers next year and should I be doing it now or wait a little while Yeah again I I would just hang tight uh just for a couple of days let's get this rain here and uh and then go ahead and you know kind of bring those trees out of stress very good. Uh, another lilac tree, qu- uh, qu- lilac wow. tree question. <laughs> having, <of> dead, <laughs> having dead branches and not blooming, this one. Could river rock mulch be constrictive as opposed to having wood chip mulch, therefore causing the problem? Could that be it? No, probably not. Um, river rock is actually a fine mulch, provided you've put a, uh, a landscape fabric underneath it. And essentially that's just so the rock doesn't work its way into the soil. But it's usually fine uh, for a mulch. It's a it's a good one in that you don't have to replace it. It's a little hard to clean, and uh, it's very heavy if you want to ever remove it. But it shouldn't be affecting the health of the of the uh, lilac tree. I'm I'm going to guess that that tree maybe needs some pruning. And again, I would just wait a couple of days so we get some rain in here and temperatures cool down. And uh, then go ahead and prune out the largest trunks of that tree. So it could be that the the tree is that these are some older branches and they've essentially, you know, lived their life and it's time to prune them out. And also it allows for more light to get down to the lower part of the plant so that new branches can actually be produced and can grow up. So it shouldn't be the rock mulch, though. A reminder to our listeners who may have just joined us, uh, besides Julie Weisenhorn, Maggie Ryder, the turf expert from the U of M is with us this morning. And so if you have a specific lawn question, uh, call it in or text it in for for Maggie. Back to the phones we go. Mary, I believe, calling in from Coon Rapids this morning. Thanks, Mary. What's your question? Hi, good morning. Um, <clears throat> I use that Scott's four-step fertilizer, and I miss putting down step two because of the weather. And I'm just wondering, do I skip it this year, or at what point should I put it down? Thank you. 
well, good job of withholding the fertilizer application over the last three weeks. So we don't want to be fertilizing when lawns where we have this much heat or drought stress because the fertilizer is not going to be uptaken by the grass and it's going to be wasted. Um, it's okay to apply again after the lawn screen up. So hopefully, you know, we get some rain tomorrow. Um, the rest of the week looks like good temperatures for, for grass growth. So later in this week, it would be appropriate to apply that. Um, but definitely withhold fertilizer and any kind of product applications, like we were just talking about weed, weed killer or herbicide applications during this amount of heat and drought stress. Um, also try to limit traffic on lawns. So especially mowing or mower traffic, but even foot traffic if, if you can. Very good. This texture wants to know where can you buy or they buy wild violets? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Most times people want to get rid of wild violets. Um, I would, I would start with a native plant nursery and, uh, and, and choose where you plant them <laughs> Yeah, because they're going to be everywhere. <laughs> And I don't, you know, I don't know about retail availability, but they are definitely abundant um, in in the landscape. So there might be a place where you could just kind of harvest them from somewhere else. All right. Probably a friend's yard. Sure. (laughs) All right, Julie and Maggie, we are going to take a break uh, for uh, the forecast and see what this next week brings. So stay with us. We have another half hour of our Smart Garden Show. Call it in or text it in your Alana Garden question for Julie and Maggie at 651 Nine eight nine nine two two six. We'll be back with the forecast coming up here. Sixty seven degrees, going for eighty three. Here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. The humidity, mostly fair skies. Our current CCO temperature reading sixty seven degrees. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Radio every Saturday in the eight o'clock hour. This morning, if you're just joining us, Julie Weisenhorn, Maggie Ryder from the U of M. And uh, if you have any kind of uh, lawn question, turf question, uh, Maggie is consented to answer those questions too, along with uh, Julie's lawn and garden questions herself. Miller in Golden Valley is on the phone, has been waiting. Miller, what's your question this morning, please? Morning. Uh, since the temperature is so hot, I uh, haven't cut my grass for about almost three weeks because uh, uh, I guess I was told that it makes longer, it shades it, and it's better for it. But uh, tomorrow's fr- uh, Father's Day, and we've got a company coming over. I was wondering, could I cut the, my grass today before the rain tomorrow, or should I wait until after the rain? I hate to have the kids come over and say, oh, man, Dad, your grass looks terrible. <laughs> Well, you know, it'd be preferable not to mow it until we have received some rain and the soil moisture has returned and the grass is greened up. Um, You could damage it, you know, if you you mow today um, because the grass is going to be more susceptible to to injury and death um, when you have traffic over top of it. So it it would be preferable to wait. Okay, very good. Thank you, Miller. Uh, here's a text that says, I have a four-year-old, five-foot-tall Colorado blue spruce that's growing in sandy soil. This summer, the top leader is turning brown. I hope this isn't a sign that the tree is dying. Should I cut out the leader to promote a new leader? Oh, um, I I don't think I would cut anything out. Um, this is an unusual amount of heat that we've had and I think I would just wait and see how it fares. So 
sometimes the needles will turn brown, but the tree is still alive. It's, think of the needles are like the leaves or the foliage of the tree. And so sometimes those needles will brown up, but the, but the stem itself is still green. So I would just hold off and see what happens, um, see if anything else starts to die back. Colorado spruce are tricky because they are native to Colorado. They actually do quite well in dry, well-drained soil and low humidity. And, uh, but the problem is, is that in Minnesota, we ultimately get humidity and that creates a, an issue with some spruce diseases. So uh, hold off. See if those needles just drop off, and if uh, if the plant uh, that leader part starts to uh, starts to rebud and puts out some new needles, and probably might be next year. But uh, just kind of just kind of sit back and wait on that. Okay. Again, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. A question for Julie or Maggie. Back to the phones. Uh, Joyce is calling in from Shoreview, I believe, this morning. Joyce, thank you. What's your question for Julie and Maggie? I have a question on hostas. It's more or less on the plane with the big leaves. Do they get a sun scald? Yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mine are looking pretty. Mine are looking pretty rough right now. Some of those that are in a little bit sunnier spots. So uh, the plant is uh, the plant is probably fine. It's just they've gotten kind of like a sunburn. Very common, especially in the weather that we have. All right. Thanks very much, Joyce. Uh, Gloria, I think, is calling in from Spicer. Of course, it's nicer in Spicer. Gloria, what's, what's your question for Julie and Maggie, please? I have a, you have a question about a tree. Um, on my yard, I think it's a crimson maple with about an 18-inch diameter. Uh, my lawn sprinkling system hits it um, due to the umbrella of the leaves and the proximity of it to the house next door. It doesn't get a lot of sun. And there's like moss growing on the trunk of the tree. I'm wondering if this is detrimental to the health of the tree. And if it is, what I can do about it. I don't think it's going to harm the tree. Uh, if It sounds like a pretty large tree, the 18-inch diameter. And, uh, and it's just growing that moss on the tree because exactly what you said. It doesn't get any sun on that side. And your, and your irrigation system is hitting it and leaving moisture behind. And moss just floats around in the air uh, as it, as it dries up. It, it's, you know, it, it kind of, it's like a, almost like a dust that it floats around and, and so will start to grow on other surfaces. So I don't think you have to worry about it. If you're concerned, you could reposition your irrigation system somehow. Uh, you could also uh, just go and take some of that moss off of the tree itself. But uh, it sounds, it sounds like that's just kind of a superficial issue. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we're having a landscaper install foundation plants and trees. How late in the year is this safe to do? Well, you can, I would say probably into August. Uh, it's a, boy, this is a tough time to, uh, to actually have them installed. So I'm guessing that their plant, that you're trying to figure out a timing so that, uh, that when's the best time to do this? I I wouldn't do it any later than end of August because you need enough time for those plants to establish their roots, to get established in the landscape before we get into the cold season. So I would think August would be pretty good. We tend to start going down in temperature, especially at night, giving the plants some relief from any daytime heat. And and so that's a I think you could probably plan up until about that time. 
I think this text might be from Maggie. It goes like this. I had to cut down two ash trees this winter. I think the grass in that former shaded area does not like being in the sun. Should I augment that area with sunny grass seed this fall? Yeah, they, any most grasses are adapted to, to sun, but it, if it's thin, go ahead and add some plant material to that, like overseed into that. Um, any of the grasses are adapted, like I said, to sun. So Kentucky bluegrass, of course. Uh, but also the fine fescues, which are a little bit more sustainable and low input, and tall fescue too. They they should all do well in sun. Um, so just add some more plant material to that area if it's thin. Okay. Uh, let's grab a phone call from Michael calling in from Minneapolis uh, this morning. Michael, you're on with Julie and Maggie. Hi, good morning. Great show as always. Uh, two quick, quick questions, if I may. I have Japanese yew that are shaded nicely. However, the... Uh, the needles, uh, I am seeing a lot of needles dropping this year. Is that most likely from the drought and the dry conditions? Yeah, that that would be my first uh, first guess is it's from the temperature and the droughty conditions. You should be watering those plants. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and you could still, again, it's kind of the same question with the Colorado spruce and the leader. Uh-huh. If, those, if those branches are still flexible, they're still viable, and they're just losing their needles probably more as a, like a self-defense kind of okay. uh, action. Great, great. So I, I will keep watering. And the second question is I have a six-foot fence with two feet on top of lattice. And I've had uh, several years of growth of an ivy. The ivy has now completely covered the fence and gone up to the house. Is there any trick to let the ivy know to stop growing (laughs) aside from trimming it? Just pruning, that's all you can do. Okay. All right. Thanks, Michael. Uh, I know we have to break here in a couple of minutes. Chris is calling in from Canby this morning. Chris, you're on CCO. What is your question, please? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. We have a really nice birch tree in our backyard, and this year from about the top half up, it didn't leaf out, and we're thinking it's a birch borer. What should I do with that tree? Thank you. I think with, uh, so birch trees like cool conditions. They like cool roots. They like organic soil and slightly acidic soil. If you think where you see them growing naturally, it's up on the North Shore area, and so it's been a tough year for them, and they become uh, susceptible to pests a lot more readily when they're under a lot of stress. So it sounds to me like it could be a birch borer. Birch borers uh, kind of dig through the, the stems of the trees, and they block up the uh, vascular system. In other words, the kind of the pipes of the plant that allow uh, the plant to pull up water and nutrients from the soil into the top part of the plant and then also to provide energy from the leaves, from photosynthesizing down into the root area of the plant and to help the plant grow. So if the top of that crown of that tree has started to die back, I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess that it could be birch borer. And the best way to tell is to hire a certified arborist to come in and take a look at that. You can also take a look at the stems of the tree, so the trunks, and if they have kind of a muscly, ripply effect, that's also indicative of, uh, of the borers and the action that they're taking underneath the bark. So a certified arborist is your best bet when you have a mature tree to uh, just really assess it. It's well worth the investment. And they can also recommend maybe other trees that you could replace that tree with if that tree has to come out. Maggie, I know you addressed this earlier in the show. Somebody may have joined us late, but uh, here's the text says this. With rain coming in tonight, 
Is today a good day or night to put down weed and feed? No, I, wait until after the rain has um, occurred. So especially for that weed and feed product that includes a fertilizer, you put it down now, it, it, the, the rain could wash it away. Um, so wait, wait on the products, fertilizer, herbicides, um, until the grass is green and actively growing again. So we'll get some rain tomorrow, and the temperatures this week look good for, for grass growth. So wait until next week or, or later in the week to apply things like fertilizer or weed and feed. Okay. And I know we have to break here. I want to grab another text. Uh, this text just ordered eight varieties. Things like fertilizer or weed and feed. Okay. And I know we have to break here. I want to grab another text. Uh, this text just ordered eight varieties of lilies, some hybrid, some Asiatic, and they arrived late. They're in bags of soil. I have started to grow in the bags. Can I still get them in the ground to bloom this year with some TLC? What should I do? Boy, I would get them in the ground. And uh, it's too bad they came late. That's unfortunate. But I would put them in the ground, uh, water them well, make sure it's well-drained soil, and that they're in full sun. And see if you can get them to bloom still this year. If not, they'll probably send up some leaves and stems. Just leave them alone. And then uh, hopefully they'll be creating a lot of photosynthetic material through their leaves and stems, putting that back into the bulb for a good bloom next year. All right, very good. All right, Julie and Maggie, hang on. We'll take a quick break here. Be right back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Stay with us. If you're just joining us on our Smart Garden Show, Julie Weisenhorn, Maggie Ryder from the U of M helping you out uh, this morning. And I know you mentioned it earlier, Julie, maybe a couple of things. Let's mention that U of M website and uh, invite listeners to get over to the Arboretum. Yeah, certainly. Uh, We have extension.umn.edu. This is the Yard and Garden site. You want to click on Yard and Garden. We have all sorts of great information. Maggie has an amazing article on lawn care at this time of the year and this kind of weather, as well as we've got great articles on fruits and watering. So if you're growing fruit trees or shrubs, Annie Claude, our colleague, uh, Extension Educator in Fruits, has written a great article about that. Natalie Hoytel, our other educator, and colleague has written about uh, just overall gardening, watering practices. And then Marissa Schuer, who's uh, got a background in entomology, also one of our colleagues in IPM. She's written a great article about pests and insects So uh, and this heat wave. And then also visit the Arboretum. Fantastic place to go, even in the weather that we're having. There's lots of shade in the shade gardens and uh, also in the building. You can go in and cool down. The restaurant is open. Uh, really a beautiful place to visit right now. Really is. Just head on west on Highway 5 to around 41, and you'll uh, you'll see it uh, see the signage there, the Arboretum. Uh, oh, boy, we have so many texts and so little time. Here's one from Maggie. Very lumpy lawn. Why and what to do about it? Yeah, this is tough. So the lumpy lawns, I believe, generally comes from freeze and thaw cycles that we have here. Um, what to do about it? Well, you can either, you know, you have to do something that's going to affect the soil surface. So one way is to um, to have some type of heavy roller that would go over it. Um, and another way is to t- try to top dress. So top dress with sand or some topsoil or some compost. Um, and that will fill in the, the low spots and help even things out. But that's, you know, it's, it's, that would be a long process and it's a, it's a long game. So 
Lumpy lawns are really common in Minnesota, but it, it's, it's tough to overcome that. Are these critters doing that in some cases? Mm, there could be. I mean, like right now we see a lot of earthworm castings that will make little, you know, maybe a half inch tall little piles. Um, but I think, I think that's, uh, those are smaller lumps than uh, what people have the challenges with. Mm-hmm. Julie, here's you know, one that says, go ahead. I'm one, sorry. one thing that uh, people have questions um, that they don't get answered at the show or they want to send us a photo, they can go to Ask a Master Gardener on our extension site, and they can email in uh, photos along with their question. And we have Master Gardeners uh, ready and willing to help answer your questions. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great tip. Thanks, Julie. Is it too late, listener wants to know, to transplant a stilby? I would, uh, I'd hold off transplanting right now. It's not too late to do it. Um, it's just about to actually bloom. So I'd wait until after it blooms, and then the temperatures will hopefully have dropped down a little bit. It'll be a little easier on the plant. Transplanting can be a shock to plants, and so we want to minimize that stress. So I'd kind of wait till after it blooms, and then uh, you can go ahead and transplant it when it cools down. Okay. Question about interval between lawn mowing. It says, uh, I had my lawn mowed one week ago today, and the gentleman who mows it says he cannot come back to do another mowing for almost another week. The question is, is it harmful to the grass to let it grow for almost two weeks between mowings? So the guidelines for mowing are that this rule of one-third. When you're mowing, you don't want to remove more than one-third of the leaf blade at a time. So grass growth fluctuates over the year. Um, you know, sometimes it might be every five days. Sometimes it could be up to two weeks. Um, so just take a look at that and, and um, don't remove more than one third of the leaf blade at a time. And then the other thing is mow really high. If you're mowing at three or four inches tall, you can let that grass grow a lot longer and you and you have more days between mowings. Um, so mow high and that, that will help as well. Okay. This listener has a 10-year-old uh, Ann Magnolia that has been very healthy. Last year, they found it had scale and wiped all the branches down with alcohol when they discovered it in July. Stayed clean until now we're seeing some scale growing. Please advise. Oh, man, Magnolia scale. Yeah, boy, that's a that's a real pain. Uh, we have a publication on it that you could certainly look up and see some alternatives to it. That's a lot of work to wipe down all the branches with alcohol. So, you know, kudos to you for, for doing that. What I would do probably is is scrape off the, you know, off the uh, scale that you can see. And then you may have to do a treatment to that plant. Uh, and you can find out the information about different chemicals that you could use or alternative ways uh, to manage that scale on the website. And that's under our extension.umn.edu. You want to go to um, what's wrong with my plant or just simply type in magnolia scale into the search box. That's a tough one. Scale is really hard to get rid of. I hate to say that. Hmm. Uh, Here's another one from Maggie. We put down grass seed this spring. We've been watering almost every day. The grass average is four to five inches tall, been mowed once. Can we cut back uh, to watering three times a week? Yeah, that should be adequate. If it's been a month or, you know, three to four weeks, that should be okay. So another watering question, uh, follow-up. Would you say watering when the sun is down to get the best results? 
Yeah, the best time of day to water lawns and, and I think other vegetation too is in the early mornings. So um, when the sun is not up, because if we water in the middle of the afternoon, we can lose a lot of that irrigation water to evaporation. So the best time to optimize that water retention is in the early morning time. Julie and Maggie, we have 30 seconds left to go in this show. It zipped by as usual. Uh, Julie, let's give the uh, website once again for the U of M, if you would, please. Extension.umn.edu and go to Yard and Garden or use the search box and type in your question. That's fantastic. Thank you both, Julie. Great to hear from you and Maggie, and let's do this again. Sounds good, Jenny. All right, good deal. Julie Weisenhorn and Maggie Ryder from the University of Minnesota. Get those home improvement questions ready next hour. Andy Lindis will be answering those very questions for you here on 830-WCCO. What do we have right now? Uh, Mostly uh, fair skies in the Twin Cities. We expect highs later today near uh, 83 right now. As I said, fair skies. Currently 67 degrees. Don't forget, Dad, come tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.